Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked on Canadians episode, we are previewing this game against the Buffalo Sabres. We are talking about whether or not the Canadians can capture the same vibes that are inside this year's Buffalo Sabres rebuild and questions about future goaltending, all of that and more inside today's Locked on Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 558 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch here on YouTube. Every single day of the week, obviously, we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am your host. I am Scott Matla, and I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, I am still riding high on the 5-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs, but ahead of the Montreal Canadiens are their real toughest challenge in any single year that they have ever existed, the Buffalo Sabres, question mark? <laughs> Honestly, I... I never look forward to Buffalo Sabres games because for whatever reason, whether or not the Sabres are good, the Canadians aren't able to beat them. And even when they do, it's a boring ass trap game. So I'm excited to see what Marty does against the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe, maybe it'll be something different. Well, his first game against the Sabres was fun and as exciting. Yeah, they lost 5-3, but they showed some signs of life in that game, which, uh, was all we were asking for at the time, but now we have wins. So like there's there's some expectations there. And I was uh, at Swanee's uh, down the road from where I went to the Whiskey Fest on Saturday here in Buffalo. And they had the game against the Colorado Avalanche on TV. And yes, the Avs were miles better than the Sabres, which they should be. The Avs are miles better than a lot of teams in the NHL this year. But I saw the Sabres giving them a fight, and I look at that and go, this is not a gimme game, and I want the Canadians to kind of be more like that. And we're going to talk about where these two teams are going to be at in the rebuild uh, in our next segment. But I look at this game and go, okay, you got blown out against them. You've gotten blown out twice now against them, and you lost a close one uh, in regulation uh, two weekends ago. If there was ever a time to kind of go, okay, you know what? Now is the time that we're going to beat them. You're getting good goaltending from Samuel Montembeau. You got a really good start from Andrew Hammond. You've got Cole Caulfield looking like Cole Caulfield. You've got Jeff Petrie looking like Jeff Petrie. If there was ever a time for this team to just snap out of this boogeyman funk that is the Buffalo Sabres, it's this game. And of course, because it's the Sabres, it's either going to be Montreal, like you said, wins a boring game or blows Buffalo out, or they find a stupid, new, embarrassing way to lose to the Buffalo Sabres. There are never any options. It's not a, oh, it was a tight-checking 3-2 affair that got settled in a shootout. It's always something stupid. It could be Tyler Ennis scoring the goal of the year on Carey Price level stupid because that's how these games go. But they're on a three-game winning streak. They're coming off arguably their biggest win of the season, beating Toronto. It, it has all the markings of a trap game. And I am really hoping Martin St. Louis <laughs> has learned from his first game against them and kind of realized, okay, this is what we did in that game. 
no more doing that. Do what we did against Toronto in those first two periods. And I hope that for everybody's sake, I know that winning is bad when you're trying to tank, but I really hope this is a game where we see the offense kind of come to life again. The defense has gotten better. The goaltending's gotten better. The offense is coming along. I want to see some of these other guys contribute. I want to see Brendan Gallagher on the score sheet. I want to see Laurent Dauphin on the go- on the goal sheet, which is a very weird sentence to say out loud. But I, I want to see some of these other guys. Not that I don't love Caulfield scoring. Not that I don't love Petra getting on the score sheet. Let's see some of the other guys now kind of uh, get that San Luis magic and break out of their slumps. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I, I hadn't forgotten that the Canadians got skinnered last time. Uh, but I did think that, you know, it was it was one of those games where it was it was three games in four days and it was right after he got hired. He didn't really have that much practice time with the team. He didn't really have that much meeting time with the team. He, you know, he hadn't had time to do what we're calling implementing his concept or he I think he even calls it implementing his concepts. So I think, you know, with with the couple of weeks now that he's been around, it's it's been literally two weeks at this point. Um he's had a chance to kind of instill some of the little things in the players and um, he's learning himself. And we talked about it yesterday on yesterday's podcast. He talks about it himself, how he's learning more every day. Right. So this is going to be one of those things where you, you have the same team with mostly the same lineup, you know, COVID always throws a wrench into everything and injuries and things like that. So, you know, you kind of have to look at it as how different is the game going to be from the last one. The last one was recent enough that we could remember it. Um, and this one is, you know, it's recent enough that he can remember it. So again, like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about like, how do we measure this team's success in a season where they're trying to tank and get the top pick? Um, and one of the things is how much better do they get? What do they learn? Do they become better rounded players? Do they become players with better habits within game? So I like for me, even if they lose, which I hope they don't, because I'm just so tired and bored of losing to the Buffalo Sabres. And now that Scott lives in <laughs> Buffalo, I feel like the Canadians are making it even worse. So I, I want to see a win, obviously. And then a four-game win streak, how great would that be against a team that they have a hard time beating? It's not going to be as satisfying as beating the Leafs, obviously, but it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. But at the same time, if they avoid a trap game, I'm going to at least enjoy watching the game. And that's the thing is like, I, I we're at a point in the season where it's like, okay, if they lose, I'm not fussed about it. Like I was under Ducharme because Ducharme couldn't string two wins together, let alone three, including a back-to-back win, including one over a very good playoff team, one over a very defensive Isles team and one over the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I look at this and I go, if they can show me their improvements still like, If you lose in overtime, it is what it is. It sucks, but you know what? They're making that step forward here now. And dare I make a prediction? Do I really want to run my risk on this? All right. So wait, when wait, I'm, wait. Before you do, you have to talk about the disgusting thing you're going to eat if it doesn't come true. Well, no, we will <laughs> leave that up to the people whether or not it comes true. Because if I'm right, I don't want to eat anything. I think the Habs are going to win. And I think we're going to see Brendan Gallagher get on the board in this game at least once. I think that line's due for some much-needed points. Mike Hoffman did score against the Leafs, but Brendan Gallagher's been due for a little bit. And this is the kind of game he's going to thrive in. It's not going to be pretty. None of Brendan Gallagher's goals really are. So I think Gallagher's going to get on the score sheet, and I think the Canadians are going to uh, come away with a victory in this one. I don't have a score prediction in head. 
I think they'll get it done in regulation. I think it'll be terrifying the entire time, but I do have hope that they will uh, get this one done. And speaking of the Sabres, they are finally having a season with some modicum of success into that in that their fan base isn't actively trying to burn down KeyBank Arena. We're going to touch on where they are in their rebuild and whether or not the Canadians can capture those vibes coming up in our next segment. But first, if you have followed this show, you know that we love a Built Bar. And if you love Built Bar, you love that it's low calorie. You love that it's low in sugar, low in carbs, and packed full of protein. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have flavors for everybody. You can get things like white chocolate cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut almond, things like raspberry, orange. There is something for everyone. And if you don't want the bar, you can try Built Bar Puffs. They are protein-infused marshmallows covered in chocolate. You can get them in churro flavor, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. You can melt them into your hot chocolate or your coffee if you want that extra boost of energy with that as well. There is something for everybody at, with Built Bar. And if you go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, that's all caps, 15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So please go check out their site. They're always adding new flavors. They're always adding new things. Locked 15 gets you 15% off your first order. And as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And when you're done checking us out, please check out the Lockdown NHL show and Lockdown Now, where you're getting all the biggest stories from the NHL hub all in one place. Flames on a 10-game winning streak, and our friend Jess over at Lockdown Flames has all the details you need on that. So please, please, please check them out wherever you get your podcasts as well. Okay. So one of the jokes for the last, let's see, it's been all, what, 12 years since the Buffalo Sabres have last made the playoffs. They've been in one rebuild where they got Jack Eichel, and that didn't go well. Jack Eichel is no longer with the team. They went through another rebuild where they got Rasmus Dahlin, and Ralph Kruger nearly tanked that as well and almost ran Jeff Skinner out of town. And now they are in rebuild number three or one C rebuild. I don't know what we're going to call this, um, <laughs> but living in Buffalo, talking to Sabres fans and getting the general vibe from it is the team isn't very good, but there's so many positive things that they're taking from this season. They've seen Jeff Skinner kind of come back to life. They have Owen power in the pipeline. They have John J or uh, JJ Paterka playing in the AHL. Peyton Krebs has been phenomenal. Alex Tuck's been a big hit. All these things are clicking into place at one time and they're seeing finally the future. And I think for Habs fans, this season is, yeah, the team's not very good right now, but during this winning streak and since Martin St. Louis has taken over, we're seeing positive groundwork laid out for this team here. And am I off base to say that? And I can't believe this is a thing that I am saying in 2022, do the Habs need to kind of look at what's happening with the Sabres and go, that's what we want? Or am I kind of losing my mind because of how just absolutely wonky this season has been? Well, I mean, think about it. At the beginning of the season, the Buffalo Sabres were beating teams left and right. And their fans had that fun. They had that excitement. They had things to look forward to, right? Like they, they were able to get excited about young players on the team, which is kind of what we're doing right now in the second half of the season, and which I suspect is what's going to happen for us in the next couple of years as well, is we're going to see a lot of um, 
a lot of a lot of games where like there's fun, there's excitement, but the roster is ultimately not good enough to get there. What I hope though is that it happens without running stars out of town or nearly tanking. Um, you know, reset the reset of the rebuild. Uh, something interesting that um, that I read, I want to say, was in an article by Arpin, if I'm not mistaken, um, and it was that uh, the Canadians aren't going to go for a full rebuild after all because Jeff Molson wants to sell seats, and it was sort of a, it was obviously a, a valid <laughs> criticism of why would you say you want to rebuild? Uh, and again, I, I I might be crediting the wrong person because I've been reading so much about Marty and the Canadians in the last couple of weeks that. Uh, that uh, the articles might be blending together. It might even be Eric Engels. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, the criticism was that why are you saying that um, you're encouraging a rebuild while behind the scenes you're telling Jeff Gordon or whoever that you still want to sell seats in the next couple of years? I think if the Canadians are on the right path, they don't have to win games to sell seats. I think if they suck and they're boring, they will not sell seats. And that's kind of what happened with Buffalo was that it wasn't just that they sucked and they were boring. It's that they were dysfunctional. And that was what you were starting to see with the Habs this season is it wasn't just that they sucked and they were boring. It was that they were dysfunctional. There was like this permanent dysfunction across the team. It was permeating everything. And so that's why Mark Bergevin had to go. You know, it was a lot of a lot of mess. And like we alluded to in an article that we talked about on the last episode by Eric Engels, he had this long in-depth interview with Jeff Gorton. There were a lot of things going on with the team as well. Like nutrition wasn't up to par. And like the Montreal Canadiens, a flagship franchise with lots of money, like the nutrition was not up to par. And most of it wasn't because you know, like they, the wrong people were in place or anything like that. It's just that they were understaffed. They had one person doing the job of five people in a lot of positions, right? So if there's no dysfunction, if there's promise, if the team isn't that good, but there's promise, they're building every year, they're building every day, the team's getting better, they're collecting, collecting those draft picks, they're collecting those prospects, they're developing better. So, you know, I think fans will still go. I think fans will still be excited if they know that this year it's not going to be that great. Next year, it's not going to be that great. Maybe the third year, it's not going to be that great. Right now, we're talking about two and a half seasons, right? That are left, or even less than half of this season. But then you know, in year three or four, you're going to start seeing those young guys that make the playoffs and make a lot of noise. Um, and I hate to allude to an organization that I've lost all respect for, but before we knew any of this, before they won the Stanley Cup, remember the years where Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane were the young core of the Chicago Blackhawks, they were kicked out, I want to say in the first or second round of the playoffs, but everybody looked at that team and they were like, this team is going to win in the future. And they did. They won three cups. Now, like, that's not like, again, that organization was far more dysfunctional than any of us could have imagined. But like, on the ice, what you want to see is you want to see promising young, young players. You want to see a team that you know might not win today, but they're going to win in the next few years. And they might even have the chance to go to the finals multiple times. And you want to see on the organizational side something that you can be proud to be a fan of. And I think the Canadians, by putting, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot and we're going to continue. Like, I feel like Chantal Maccabé is the is the Nick Suzuki of la like how we had Nick Suzuki last season and we praised him every night like this you know she was a good start Jeff Gorton is a, is is a good start you know trying to make the organization one that you can be proud to support is is part of that and so I feel like you're not going to end up in that Buffalo Sabre situation where fans are just so fed up with the ownership that they're literally ashamed of the ownership and they don't want to support 
the good players that right now on the ice are are showing a promising-ish future. And I think for me, the one thing is that Molson doesn't want to do a full teardown because he wants to sell seats. The, the long thing has always been, will fans accept a rebuild? And apparently it's not even up to the fan base. It's the owner who's, who's saying this. And my thought with that is it feels a little dishonest and like kind of it's the kind of thing that uh, can drive a wedge between fans and the team there is that the owner is saying, yes, we're going to do this and we're going to do what we need to to win. And then he goes, except for that and not that because I need to make my money back because we are one of the richest teams in the NHL paying escrow, et cetera, et cetera, helping keep Arizona in whatever, you know, dingy beer hockey league they're playing in nowadays. But it, it feels dishonest to hear that from him. But at the same time, I get it. And like you said, even if the team isn't good, but there's things to look forward to, it's fine. If they had kept Dominique Ducharme, you, you, they wouldn't have had 10,000 people at the Bell Center for that game. I don't. I know that they didn't have fans for a while. I do not think you would have been able to sell 10,000 tickets to that game. And I don't think 10,000 people would have accepted the Canadians getting their butts likely kicked in that game. Now, though, there is hype around this team again. There is excitement around this team again. And I think that's a good first step forward here is that, yes, they're not very good. Yes, they're likely to finish in the bottom three of the league and pick in the top three, hopefully first overall. Shane Wright, what's up, buddy? Uh, and do what they need to do to you know get back next year. They're not as bad as their record shows, but they're not as good as the recent results show as well, if that makes sense. There is still a lot. There's a long road back, and we're not going to crown Martin St. Louis a fixer or anything like that right now. There's a long road for the rest of the season here. That's going to be very interesting what happens. And I'm glad that we're getting some of the positive steps in now instead of the rest of the season just spiraling the bowl and getting more and more depressing. The hockey is at least watchable now. The players that you want to see stepping up are stepping up, and that's a good step forward. And one of those players who has most definitely been stepping up as of late in the season, Samuel Montembeau. We're going to talk Habs goaltending and what that means for the future and some of the goaltending rumors we've heard all coming up next. But first, football season might be over, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. And for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach who's getting fired is going to land, betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for all things hockey, boxing, ultimate fighting, odds, right down to what they had for the Olympics in coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And one of our other wonderful sponsors is the fine folks at Rock Auto. If you were like me, if you were like Laura, if you were like my lovely girlfriend, uh, we've all had car trouble and it happens. And why spend 30, 50, even 100% more at chain dealerships when you can just go to rockauto.com and find what you need from the comfort of your own home. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and they have reliably low prices for all customers. So go check it out if you need tail lights, if you need rugs, if you need a gas filler cap, whatever you are looking for, Rock Auto has it. Go to their easy-to-use website and at rockauto.com, and when you see all the parts available for your car, 
put them in your cart, check out. And when they ask, how did you hear about us? Right, locked on in that box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so it's time for my favorite thing where I pretend to play like I'm a goalie expert here on the internet, and I'm sure that I will inevitably be told that I am very wrong in my analysis, which is prone to happen. But Laura, when the Canadians snagged Samuel Montembeau off of waivers, 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 that's a V, not a B. I have it totally together today. Uh, my first thought was, I, I don't get it. Samuel Montembeau hasn't been very good at the NHL level. He got outplayed at the AHL level by Philip DeRosier and kind of lost his starting gig. And this season, his number, he's 4, 10, and 4 uh, with a 3.71 and an 8.98 save percentage. He has not been great, but there was a run of games where he got shelled because Dominique Ducharme ran out of ideas, didn't have any ideas on how to save him, and didn't want to throw Caden Primo to the Wolves before throwing Caden Primo to the Wolves anyways. And my question is, we don't know what the future holds for Carey Price, but we do know that Samuel Montembeau right now is playing like someone who can be a likely NHL backup behind this Canadian's defense. And we know Jake Allen is signed through at least next season. My wonder is, is Samuel Montembeau going to be here beyond this season? Is there a future for him beyond being that guy who got us through this historically bad season, kind of like Antti Niemi <laughs> did a few years ago. Is there at least one more year for Samuel Montembeau in Montreal to try and revive his NHL aspirations? I think that's something that I would want for him. Uh, obviously, right now, we don't think that Carey Price is going to be back, but we don't know. Um, but if he comes back and Jake Allen's ready to go and he doesn't get traded, well, you know, that's kind of the writing on the wall for Montembeau because... He'll obviously be put on waivers to be sent down, uh, and uh, you you know you can't guarantee that he's not going to get claimed. You you'd you'd wish that the other teams were kind of looking at the rest of his record and not his current you know his his like the second half of the season record. But I think if Carey Price doesn't doesn't come back, then he's going to finish out the season alternating the net with either um, Andrew Hammond or Jake Allen. I, you know, what's interesting is that uh, on Game Over Montreal, Andrew Berkshire had Tim Peel as a guest, who I, I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, and, Tim uh, Peel. I have words that right. I want to say, but I, I don't want to say and them I, on this I actually, show. <laughs> I actually asked Andrew, I was like, can you, can you, can you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to repeat what I said, but Andrew's like, of course not. He's very respectful <laughs> of his guests. Um, and it was actually really, really interesting. I, I you know, I, I did think that his insight into players was, was good on the, on the episode. It wasn't extended. Obviously they covered a lot of topics, uh, but it, it, he said that Samuel Montembeau, like it came up and he said, you know, um, back in when he, when he, when he had a few starts in Florida, uh, he was really good, you know, like he lost the starting or the, the, whatever it was, he was, but he was Luongo's backup. Um, and he, you know, he, he played himself lower into the depth chart, but, he doesn't, you know, I, I feel like sometimes there are some players, especially goaltenders, you know, it takes longer to develop. They're kind of also hit or miss and all over the place uh, a lot of the time that, you know, it takes a couple of things aligning and going right. And I'm not about to say that he's the next carry price or anything like that. But I think, you know, for him, I would want for him 
uh, another year in the NHL to sort of really, you know, hone out his game and 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 really see if he's able to to stick around in the NHL. Like I, I I like him a lot. Like as a fan, you know, I think you know he's been doing everything that he's been asked of of him and. Sorry, he's been doing everything that's been asked of him. And he's also been playing around behind a historically bad team. So I do kind of have that like soft spot slash feel sorry for him aspect. But I think that with consistency, you know, he would be able to be competent NHL goaltender. And and I hope that he gets that chance. I don't know if it's going to be in Montreal, though, to be honest. I really don't. I do think Carey Price comes back next season. Um, and I do think or I hope Jake Allen comes back next season. And uh, I think we're going to be in a situation in the situation that the Canadians thought they would be in the offseason with their goaltending. I think, um, you know, Montembeau ends up somewhere else. And and the part of that goes along with that is there were I want to say it was last weekend or before last weekend that there were rumors about the Canadians potentially being interested in Ilya Samsonov, who this year behind a much better caps team is a 284 2.84 goals against 906 save percentage 17 7 and 3 this year he's got much more consistent numbers but he hasn't been able to uh kind of claim that job his the starter's job for himself he's been splitting with Vitek Vanacek who the Capitals let go to Seattle in the expansion draft and then traded back for him and I am very curious if they're going for someone like Samsonov, that signals to me that they don't think Carey Price is going to be back anytime soon. And it kind of makes me think that Samuel Montembeau would be either signed to be an AHL goalie or potentially traded depending on when they want to go and get Samsonov here. And I, I don't know if I love the idea of that just because it feels like it it almost feels like the Canadians are going to have to pay a premium for that because teams are going to know they need that they need a goalie they need a goalie they don't have Carey Price they only have Jake Allen for one year and Caden Primo is not ready and it feels like it kind of I don't want to say stab Sammy Montembeau in the back because he was brought in to fill time until they thought their starting goalie was going to be ready but I look at his numbers nine twelve against Boston nine oh three against Chicago you know, six saves in a relief appearance against Arizona, 941 against Dallas, 921 against Vegas, uh, 15 or uh, 13 saves against Anaheim in a relief appearance. Then two games where he got just torched when Ducharme was kind of on his way out against Edmonton and Columbus, eight saves in relief in a game against Washington, then a 952, an 844, a 926, and a 946. I, he's looked a lot better now, and I really do think that Samuel Montembeau might be is likely going to be either given every opportunity to be back next year, or depending on teams calling and asking at the deadline, he might go out and they might try and bring in someone like a Samsonov if the price is right there. So I I'm very curious to see what happens here, and it's like we've said so many times in so many mailbag episodes. It all depends on what's going on with Carey Price. And the unfortunate part is we're never really going to know, at least not right up front. So it's very tough to say. And we'll obviously let you know as we know things or as things develop, as they say. So trade deadline is a month away. It's going to be a really interesting run up to that. 
Uh, that's going to do it for this show today, though. We will be back after the Canadians play the Sabres for our post-game recap and all of our other thoughts on that. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe to us on YouTube. We hit to 500. We get to 500 subscribers. Laura eats something gross for everyone's amusement instead of me for once. We've got we've already hit a ton of subscriber goals, and that means a ton to us. Thank you for your support. You can follow Laura on Twitter at the Active Stick. You can follow me at Scott Matlin. You can follow the show at LO underscore Canadians. And when you're done checking us out, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, where Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the experts of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.